Welcome to episode six. This is Casey Ryers, and I am here with Dana Woods. We are virtually separated, building to building today. It's good to be here, Casey. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you and I both have lives going on, and sometimes it's not easy to find a time to meet with each other for or to even find a guest. But in this case, we are going to interview Dana. <laughs> which is awesome. It's going to be a fun episode. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy. I'm like, I'm only as funny as I can be when, when uh, Casey's around. We're actually doing this. An ISD 31 production. We're pumping tires and promoting the magnificent things happening in our area, schools, and community. Okay, so um, Dana, you have you are in a role that is usually used to interact with adults in the district or teachers, professionals in the district. But because we are short staffed, you've been in classrooms. So give me some information about how that's going for you. Well, just calling all retired teachers, calling all retired public servants, anyone who can come sub in our schools, we'd be more than willing to happy uh, to have you here. Um, no, we're we're short, right? I mean, yeah, it's... we've been short, and it's not it's not like um, it's not all COVID all the time. It's just people living their lives and kids their kids sick and. Right. They have to take a couple days off, and a I lot think of times... like one thing some people might not understand too is that the subbing has kind of a little bit changed from maybe what people were used to before. Just because our district is more tech, I mean, we have more tech, right? So the right. teacher can. I mean, a lot of the kids they're they're trained into the routine of the day, like with the technology piece involved. There's, it seems like there's a lot less going on, even though it has still as much as it used to be. But the, for the subs place, like it seems like there are things that are different and almost make it easier on subs life, right? Oh, yeah. With, and we'll talk about some of this Title IV stuff. We're trying to get move our district even more towards like student-driven learning with technology. And personalized learning there's so many things that teachers are doing where they'll put oh my recording is in the google classroom i have a tutorial for how to do this this and that and your regular reading job your group c and your, this is what you're going to read so right so do you get do you get i mean because you've you've been in the role that you are in now for what three years four years um as a this is my fourth year. Yep. Okay. So what's it like being in the classroom again occasionally? I mean, because you've been out of it. I'm sure that you have your highlights and you have days that you go home and you're more tired than you used to be or. Right. How's it changing you? Yeah. So, well, I mean, just over the last two years with all the different obstacles we've had with COVID, a lot of times, you know, one of the, there is someone, a licensed teacher in and not enough people have come into sub, so 
the people in the, the MTSS department, that's where, where I work, we're, we're that, that last domino when we, we stand in to sub a bunch of times and it's, it really has been all hands on deck. And I've been, I feel like just a great opportunity to keep my teaching, uh, stay connected with the students that are in this building and right. um, keep my chops fresh. And I, I joke around like I've had third grade, second grade, first grade, kindergarten, special ed, and then three of the four uh, specials in our uh, building. Right. And, and like, I'm told that I can't joke about that because I don't want to wish ill on anyone, but yeah. I really want to teach in every class or every grade. Yeah. Well, and it's like, <clears throat> how often you hear of people saying, well, they've been out of the classroom for too long or whatever, you know? So, I mean, it is a good thing to see the daily operations of each classroom. I think that that's pretty, pretty cool that you're able to do that, even though, you know what, you do have other things that you should be doing yeah, if yeah, we had sometimes. the subs, right? So it's, it's kind of both ways that you, your job cannot be fulfilled when you are subbing in classrooms. Right. And I collaborate a lot with the MTSS team and, and attend different meetings and had to miss a few of those and right. make for some extra work and make it a little bit more stressful. But really, I think uh, the, the rubber meets the road in the classroom. So there's times where I can try some of the technology integration things that Mm-hmm. I would do if I was uh, like doing a push-in lesson. So, right, or you even just right. If you see the um, something being used in the sub plans by a teacher, you know that is some sort of tech integration that we should be doing in all of the sub plans or all of the classrooms, even. So, I guess you have an opportunity to see things even if you're not. Even if you're subbing and not doing, you know, not as the tech integrationist, but so I guess I just want to touch on. So I chose and I asked Dana if he was cool with me interviewing him today, even though we're usually on here as co-hosts together. I wanted to interview Dana because he sent out recently a survey to kind of ask us about ways that we can use the technology for plan or sorry, ways we can get time to plan and integrate technology into our lessons, our curriculum. So um, that's why I chose to have Dana on as a guest today, even though he's a guest host, both. But um, so Dana, you sent out a survey to us, um, the whole district. What what was the survey about? Why, why is it sent out now? What are we looking at here? So, well, well thanks for having, having me as a guest. I'm excited <laughs> right? to talk about technology in the classroom. Both Casey and I are both really passionate about this. Um, the survey that I sent out is just gaining some interest about how we could spend down some of our, we have a Title IV Part A effective use of technology in the classroom grant. That um, It's a way to, that these funds could be used to help teachers and school leaders, administrators with professional development and helping us provide some supplemental professional development opportunities right. outside of our regular staff development. Yeah. And um, the thing is about technology too, is that 
like knowing how to use it is one thing, but building it to work in the classroom is another. And it's so front heavy on the building part, right? Like you can build a lesson or you can build stuff this year. And most of the time, if it's a good program, it's still going to be good next year. It's still going to be good the year after. But building it and taking the time to actually put those pieces together is time consuming. And that maybe is sometimes what turns people away because they're going to spend time on their couches in the evening working on these things on their own time, right? Um, And Yeah, the front end piece. But you you touched on it too. The the upfront work is there, but then it, it really pays off year after year. Yeah. So basically what you're thinking is the survey was trying to get a feel for what we would want to do, right? And just kind of the timing of it all isn't, I will admit, isn't ideal. It's like, how are we going to roll this out? How do we get interest? How much, um, you know, what kinds of things do people want to make so we can set up some to make it helpful um, so it goes out you know like in the middle of or the beginning of april into march is does anyone want to spend any time in june thinking about work <laughs> um, you know so people are yeah. in their march and april brain kind of saying no i don't want to think about that right. in june. You know, half of them and the other half are kind of excited about an opportunity yeah, to well, do the work that they do you do it right Said you sit on your couch and you're working on those things uh, as an opportunity to get paid for that. Right. And we, and some people don't maybe do that yet. So you can hopefully hook a couple of people in that are not doing the integration right now that could be collaborating with their group and kind of coming up with an idea like, hey, these are pretty good ways to assess your kids or do quick assessments. What can we do? How, what, what can we build that would help us there? That's a good idea. I like to personally, like last year we did the um, the responsive classroom advanced training was in August. And my reasoning, I mean, I really do think responsive classroom is a great thing. But also like in August, I like to get my mind back into the school mode, right? I like talking teacher talk or education talk to try to get myself kind of set up again for the school year because summertime you switch gears i mean if you're working a different job or you're just in summer mode like you start to check out from it a little bit right uh, you know right it's funny uh, i like thinking forward about what the summer is going to be right now and it does it's like june i'm still in it right i'm still thinking about it and reflecting on what went well and maybe even trying to think that i'm gonna spend the whole year getting ready and then usually when july hits it's just like Boom, it's gone. It's off. Fishing mode. Yep. I'm, yep, fishing, gardening, right. kids activities, all that stuff. It just, yeah. you can't keep your mind in a place where you're not. Yeah. That's all right. You know, you do, you do need time to get your mind off of it. But I feel like there are times, that's why I'm kind of like, mm, June, I know that we kind of need to have it done by June, but. August is probably a really good time too, just because, you know, you're kind of, you're out of it, but that is an opportunity to get your people back in thinking about it. 
And on the other side, like June, it's fresh. We're, we remember the things that maybe we had difficulty with or where we need to supplement or whatever. Like, yeah, that's great. But um, I just like, I want to ask this question that you personally, Dana, do you think that teachers are, would use this time wisely? Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, the question I asked is like, are you interested in this time? Yes or no. If you say no, I was like, thank you for your time. It's a one question, essentially a question survey. But if you say yes, like most people are looking for just team planning, collaboration time, time to work on those things that they know work, but but the upfront time is overwhelming during the school year. Like I know right. that I want to use teacher made or I Excel or I want to have look it or game kit sets ready to go, but I don't have time to do that in the hustle bustle of the regular school year. And there's people are saying that in the survey. There's, I want to get those units ready. I want to work with my team. I'll do unit one. You do unit two right. until you have every, bit of your curriculum lined up well the the thing about it is too is that if we think about everybody using their time wisely we're kind of thinking wrong about it because you know you do you want everybody to yes you do but if you get a majority of your people working together like that's the goal right you just if you get a good chunk of your people working together and using their time wisely that is what you need and that will that's an improvement you know you're improving by letting these people have time that they either were doing on their own time before or they just didn't think about it they just did kind of their own thing in their own world and now they're they're asked or they're ready to collaborate with people which is something that we need big time And I understand, like, there's this old Ronald Reagan or this old Russian proverb, like, trust but verify, right? So how do you find, like, hey, we know you're going to use your time, but how do we, not only, like, how do, so if you're making good things, how do we share it with everyone? Because not everyone's going to be able or willing to spend some time in June, but if it works for you at your in your third grade classroom, it might work for other people. So oh, for being sure. able to make those connections instead. Well, and I mean, and we've talked about it, Zach and I. Like Zach's a type. Like he, if he sees me doing something, he will create something on his own that's based off of what I'm doing, because he likes to be involved in the creating pro- the creation process. So then he feels really confident teaching it. Right. So. But some yeah. people are totally different. Like I will share anything and I will use other people's stuff and like I can use it, look it over before I do it and it's fine for me. Like I can make it work. But if I already put the time in to create something, I am totally open to anybody and everybody taking it. I obviously don't like just go blasting people's emails with a million things. But occasionally if I think something's really good, I'll send it out to some of my buddies at JW or wherever. Like here, take this. You might like it or try this book it's set or something because sharing is important and it like don't like <clears throat> i don't expect anything in return right it's it is what it is but if everybody kind of has somewhat of a mindset of hey i built this let's use it let's share it because me sharing it with you 
hopefully increases your students, which in the turn increases the students' abilities in our community, right? That's the whole point. So I think... And, and there's some obstacles to that, to that sharing. Like, and people have been burned. Like, I'm going to share this with you, but then if you don't make a copy of it, you ruin someone's gold share and <laughs> weird things. And it does become... A challenge, right. and then you're if you share something and someone doesn't know how to implement it, then you're kind of tied to the implementation process. So and that's where kind right. of where I come in, where I can look at, I can connect some of those dots for other people. Yeah, yeah, and well, and and nowadays, like like you talk about the sharing deal, like that used to be a problem, right? Now people have or should have figured out that you can share things without people having editing access or whatnot they where you you force them to make a copy themselves so um but no i think uh what are what are some things that you think people might build out of this i know you mentioned look at gim kit sets stuff like that i mean is that my focus really my hope is that teachers could just look at working on some uh, ways to have student-generated technology products. So you cool. find students are creating and communicating, and, and, and they're the ones doing the collaborating. So if that's mm-hmm. making websites or using Canva or WeVideo to make videos, right. uh, to use I mean, Flipgrid even, to have discussions, student yeah. voice. Right. Like Google Slides and alone, you can do a lot of really cool things with. Like more than this on the surface of just a presentation, like you can do embed stuff. Like, yeah, I think that's that would be pretty cool. And I've I've seen so many people make like turn Google Slides into this uh, engaging drag and drop activity thing where you're like dragging all dragging this rectangle to make a histogram or a bar graph. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we so actually finding those or creating those things so that you can. Um, well, that's like part of you just said it, too, is like finding those. They're there. Mm-hmm. People have already created them. And there's a lot of people that kind of have the same mindset of me is like, if I find it or I create it, I'm cool with anybody using it because that's the point. There's a couple of Facebook groups of people that like do either things with Google slides or any technology based stuff. And they just like post links, like here, make a copy of this, try this. This is great. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And, and it takes time for me to, to kind of surf through it or search through it to try to find things that are going to fit the lesson that I'm on, but they're there. Chances are that they're there. So. Uh, the other thing is just kind of like fine tuning the stuff that they already have. So are do you, and I've heard so much about how people feel like their Google Classroom, their Google Drive is just kind of a mess. So just taking that time to think through how you organize that. Like looking yeah. at your old school file cabinet. Do you have things in there by month of the year, by unit, by standard, by mm-hmm. just going through and sorting that stuff out to just be fresh and ready to go. So not- Half of it is like, okay, I have this thing I'm going to push out. In Google Classroom, but I have to know where it is to be able to push yeah. it up. Right. No, and that's what I mean. Personally, I have, you know, I have my reading, language arts, I have math, 
tabs under my in my Google Classroom, but I always have today. So like anything that we're doing today, this day that we are at school, will be under today until tomorrow. And then I will put the new stuff in and then I pop the other stuff. If the kid's gone, they'll have to go under language arts or they'll have to go under math to find that stuff. So it helps a little bit. But the Google Drive stuff, I have turned blind eye to anything that I don't feel like I need to organize. So if there's important things that I want to go back to, like audio for books or pixel arts or Google slide presentations or things like that, like I make sure that I save those in the correct places so that I don't have to be searching for them later, even though it's not hard. If you kind of remember what you named it, you can find it regardless of how messy your drive is. But yeah, I think... And we touched on this other piece already a little bit, but just to add on to like building those blogit sets, those coot sets, and making them in a way that the entire third grade sees these common formative assessments. Right. Like yeah. Start to look at okay. Oh, we played Kahoot. Yep. Good, fun, engaging, but now let's look at the data. Um, yeah. Like which questions did they get? And then you're starting to mm-hmm. plan out your next instructional steps. So, oh, right. 50% of the class didn't get uh, question number four. So we're yep. going to go back and look at that. Well, in between that, Quizlet, GimKit, Bookit, all those, like, you get, you get your diagnostic. Like, you could take that in the morning before you teach. You Then you, you do your lesson. You go over your stuff. And then you take your assessment at the end, your little formative assessment. Boom. Like, you know... 45% of the kids knew this concept before I taught it. 85% of them know it now. Boom. I'm ready. I can move on. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. And that's, that's where, and it's, it's easy. It makes it easy that I don't have to sit and grade stuff. My kids are engaged with it. They love doing it. You know, they, you think kids love doing a quiz on a piece of paper? No, but they'll answer 40 questions on book it in, 10 minutes and they'll love it the entire time. It's crazy. So um, I think you're on to something here and I, I appreciate you being a guest on the show. Just real quick add on like 50% of the people that said they're interested in this, only 10% want to have direct instruction from the tech integration specialist, which is is a little bit disheartening, but at the same time, I just got to understand that people are like, they know what they want to do with their time. So Yeah. One, most every building should have a person. I know that not everybody's willing to share their knowledge of technology, but they don't, they don't really need to know that much about it to use it. With Blookit, it's like you don't really need to know that much about Blookit to use it. Your yeah. kids are going to know, probably know more about it than you do. You literally just need to know how to start a game. And to create an assessment. That's it. Right. So. Yeah. And but, then getting into that. Right. The, the follow-up piece, I think, is where I want, I'd like to start heading with my practice of saying, okay, you're doing these tools now. Uh, how do we do those things that you were talking about with the pre-teaching and the. Yeah. And exactly. Stuff. I think we could go on forever and ever, but you know what? You hit on some good things. I hope this helps some people out understanding what what your 
offering up to them and hopefully people use it right so yeah i, I really hope people uh, take some time to look at the survey and think about participating um and and we can use these this these funds and this isn't a one-year hero i think we've had I'm, I'm, you know as the, the more that i get involved in this position the more that i understand where these different funding streams come from and, we have this every year, so right. it's a matter of being strategic in the way we spend it. How wisely we're using it. Yep, exactly. So good. I'm glad you're doing this. Thanks for doing your part. Um, that's This was a pretty quick episode. I appreciate it. It's episode six, and to all of our – I don't know if we gained any new listeners. To be honest with you, I think we lost a couple when we took those weeks off. So yeah, we need to get some people back. I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed this episode to our trusty 12, which maybe it's only half a dozen now. I'm not sure, but thank you for listening. And uh, if you have anything for us again, try to reach out to us. We do get a couple emails here and there um, from some people and we appreciate getting those. It makes us feel good about ourselves. We're trying to do something for the district. Thanks, Dana. That's always a pleasure to talk to you. That's yeah, great talking with, talking to you i hope you have a great weekend and uh, i look forward to hearing from people in the district about the staff development for curriculum writing with technology all right